You're now tuned into Mikey Check Lawrence, when you said that, <laughs> time to get comfortable. Hey, ready? Yeah, let's do it. Three, here. two, Mike check, Mike check, waifu, waifu, Martel, is that you? Who else could it be? Let's do something great here. This is, wait, what? This is episode one thirty six of Mike check, waifu, waifu. As always, is brought to you by. Lude Complex. Make sure you go to LudeComplex.com and use that offer code WIFU to save on your entire cart. It's also brought to you by DontTalkShop.com as well as our Patreon producers. Shout out to our Patreon producers ABM Brown, Dre, The Go G, Jaleesa, Ked, The Pro, Explicitly, Monique Williams, Nachi. Thank y'all so much for producing this and many other episodes of the podcast. We appreciate y'all so very much. Some of y'all up in the 200s with the uh, with the support holy smokes thank y'all so much for supporting the podcast we love y'all thank y'all uh this episode of 136 got a lot uh going for today we have a episode uh not really episode a statement correction from last week we made a statement last week that we didn't quite get right that we're going to correct today shout out to Ked the pro at chaotic culture podcast we appreciate you for that um we do also have a few topics to discuss and it's going to revolve around uh certain characters and stuff like that but remember my check wife waifu is brought to you every tuesday make sure if you're listening on spotify to go rate us five stars if you're listening on apple podcast to rate us five stars and leave a nice comment we would appreciate that it helps out quite a bit Mattel d it's good what was your episode of the week this week i would like to say and and don't fight me because I know how y'all like to tussle. Um, <laughs> like to fight, like to tussle. <laughs> uh, objectively, Demon Slayer, right? Mm-hmm. But um, always. <laughs> <laughs> it's a couple of different things though, because like this episode of Worlds and Worlds and Harem was really good. Like I like how they took that approach. Yeah. But also, we watched uh, My Dress Up Darling. Hey, shout out to. Uh, that needs to talk podcast. Shout out to Lobo. And I got some specific feelings about that. That for real. But we watched three episodes of that. So it's hard to say episode of the week with that. But that whole watching this week was just better than I expected. Yes, very much so. Um, So you going to call it that then for you? My dress up, darling? Yeah, we're going to say that. Objectively, though, Demon Slayer. <laughs> every week. Objectively, every week, Demon Slayer. Um, For me personally. <sighs> Man, it's tough, man. Again, uh, the problem with having such a stacked season of anime, which we didn't think we would have. But I will say, uh, I'm doing it. Um, I'm doing it. Tokyo 24 for again, for me, was really, 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 really good. Hit some emotional point. Well, you know what I like about Tokyo 24 for What's that? It respects your time. Even yeah. if it, even if it got a lot to say in one episode, it don't bullshit, and I just love that. An anime that can respect your time. I don't need 
oversaturation of go here, go there type shit. They just they just get there sometimes. And that works for me. Them getting there without needing it to be like a whole sequence of events. And sometimes they just use like they just use like I don't know, just conversations to lead into the next scene that go that just flowed so well for me. So I think the way they moved was clean. I do I what I really liked about this episode, and we'll talk about it later, is the misdirection they gave us in yes. the beginning to the actual ugh, they did some great stuff with this episode. It was fire. So yeah. Um if I had a runner up though, which I don't need, Tokyo twenty four four was definitely worthy of greatness. And then for my runner up is Takigi san is still so good. It, they're finally starting to progress a little bit further into their situationship, I guess if you will, lack of a better mm-hmm. word. And I like that show a lot. Very, very nice. Very again, palate cleansing, like Land of Lido. Um, so spoiler talk for this episode will be Demon Slayer, will be Tokyo Twenty Four Forward, and it will be probably uh Love Love of Kill. Mm-hmm. We are absolutely going to spoil those in the second half of the show after our song break. But before we do that, <sighs> let's talk about my dress up darling tale. We watched it again. Shout out to uh, Dad Needs to Talk podcast and um, Lobo on Twitter uh, for telling us to get to it. Lobo's like, yeah, this might be my sleeper of the other, other, other season. Funny enough, I don't. I see it. I get it. I definitely. We definitely wrote this one off um, because of when we were previewing the winter season. We was like, ah. To, to be honest, I thought it was some other type of stuff. I did not think it was going to be what it ended up being. And uh, what we got was special, I think, personally. I agree. Um, 100% special. And I think, uh, obviously, in my, I think it's special in my, you know, episode of the week, because it is my reference for that. Um, the first, second, and third episode, the what I would, and I, I made a tweet about this, actually, is that Cloverwork does beautiful work Always with their have. animation. Always have, yeah. And... And what I mean by that is that it's not, no, it's not you foldable levels of beautiful, but it has its own different like layer and yeah. texture to it. Right. Absolutely. It, it feels like, like nothing is missed in their, in their frames. Like the background is always meaningful. The characters moving in the background are always meaningful. Mm-hmm. Everything in it is just so well-placed and the art just never misses the clarity things that are supposed to be clear things that are supposed to be staggered and foggy in the background, they they hit those targets so well. And they did one, one uh, transition um, that just was beautiful to me as like a, as a cinema, cinematographer, cin- cinema, cinema, as a cinematography or cinematic moment, they had a, a, a moment where uh, our main characters were talking and to the left of them, something was kind of blurred out. But as it switched who was talking, the blur changed. The, the depth of field, I, yeah. Yeah, and it was beautiful to me. I'm just like, I love that they have that uh, that sense of trajectory with, you know, what's going on in the, in the scene itself. And that itself, without even going on to the context of the actual anime, just made it more engaging to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot with with that show is it feels so solid it's just so as far as the artwork is concerned and the animation everything is solid it doesn't feel like it was like you said half-assed i mean you, you essentially said it, it none of it was half-assed from the scene to the moment it, uh, of just like the clarity between the two characters and their conversations and their emotions and the way they express them and even in their monologue dialogue like 
um, transitions was also so fucking clean and smooth that it was just so such a pleasure to look at. And another thing about it is that it truly kept a smile on my face and not in the way a land of Lidl does like land of Lidl also keeps a smile on my face because it's just, it's just so pleasant. But this mm-hmm. did in the way of like, wow, I am thoroughly entertained, like thoroughly entertained about what this is about and how this is going to progress because it, it offers something that we definitely vibe with and not, right. not in the sense of what he, what the main character uh, he's working on, but just the sense of who the girl is who the girl is is who we were <laughs> in high school right. <laughs> and i love that i love that. and even like even touching on what he is right he felt um a sense of he didn't feel he felt out of place he felt isolated he felt different mm-hmm. um because he had a hobby that no one else necessarily correlated with and that was the first thing to let us know in the beginning of this anime is that he is different right yeah. but then it goes straight from he's different to our female character talking about how she hates people who try to make people feel isolated or weird for having something they genuinely like and you made fun of it mm-hmm. and then they go on to actually have a like a faded meeting um i thought 100 percent that uh this the way that these characters met almost felt like something that i i've experienced organically in life Facts. like just i didn't know other people had this interest because they didn't speak out about it right and then just because we had a similar interest or something that was just close right they weren't exactly the same thing but they had a a common a common ground somewhere yeah. that now i know this person who who's interested in this thing Facts. and that that felt like a resonation with me it just it was just such a good thing and then how these characters talk and, and relate is also wholesome in some ways and you no know, not so wholesome in other ways <laughs> yeah very very interesting I, I love the openness between you know how she is with her with her games and and how he's just like yeah you know i'm i'm ready to help you however i can because you're so passionate about something that he also seems to uh, admire that of her like it's, it's a great show really really great show i'm glad i'm glad y'all too both the dad needs to talk podcast and 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 lobo recommended that we watch this because this is right up our alley and i definitely appreciate them for doing that because uh i'm looking forward to watching more like i'm i'm sad i can't binge at all like i'm i'm just sad i don't have it all right now (laughs) i 100 percent agree because if i could binge it all i would have i would have watched it easily been done in a day easily what's funny too easy (laughs) right what's funny is that I was just talking about this on Twitter. It's like, I need to make some sacrifices. This season is too much. And because we have the continuations of, of a couple of shows from last season, trickling into this one, it's too much. Yesterday was my time to watch everything. was when I had time to watch everything. Mm-hmm. So looking at that, I had to watch one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 12 episodes before, before today, which is Sunday the day we're recording this 12 shows. I had to watch before Sunday. I'm like, yo, this some got to give. So I made a sacrifice. I sacrificed Orient. I didn't watch Orient. We didn't watch Orient. Yeah. yeah we didn't watch Orient this week. And I, even so what Polo said to go, go off of that. I watched 13 episodes of anime 
Um, well, not even no, 13. That's 13 more, anime. Yeah, I was about to say, because there's more, more than that. <laughs> yeah, 13 anime, but like what? This is 15 episodes yes. of anime I've watched. Which was, it was challenging. It was really, really hard for me to do that all in one day because it literally took from morning to night. And I'm like, yo, I, I can't do this. I have to make some sacrifices. And Orion is going to have to be one, unfortunately. I Like, I'm enjoying it, even though it's as stupid as it is. I'm enjoying it. I feel like I can come back to it later when it's done. Probably, maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big maybe. But I just can't watch it. I just can't watch it. I'll tell you one thing, though. Finally watching that uh, Sabuco Bisco. That shit is fire. You know. <laughs> just I'll- fire. I thought it was going to be way more shonen e, like I said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it looks very shonen. That's a fact, but it's not. It's but not. It's not. It's not. These characters actually seem to have some depth to them. Yes. Um, it's feeling more and, like a Cowboy Bebop-esque kind of thing. Yes. Which I'm extremely interested in with this with this whole storyline. And, and um, Milo's sister, I love her. And just... <laughs> just <laughs> everything that's going on in this shit. I like it. I like. I like it. I want to learn more about the world. And they're and they they doing that trickle thing that shows like to do. I like mm-hmm. trickle. I like little trickles of story. It keeps me also, engaged. Also, like characters who have uh, different dynamics and balances, yes, right? Like yes. one character uh, seems to have like a more stern, serious like. Mm-hmm mindset in terms of a different area whereas our other character is more serious but almost seems a little bit more lighthearted in another life right these two characters have that dynamic where they're still serious about something they still have common interests uh they just approach it differently right Mm -hmm. um and it's 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 a lot of our main one of the main characters seems to be misunderstood and the other main character is trying to understand almost and i I just like i kind of like how this how this world is gonna like seems like they could be building on that very very like tight-knit group of like characters we're getting this season like just different character dynamics period yeah. because again landa liddell again is another palette killer which is your sleeper what is just, just so good mm-hmm. just I, lo- I like every single character in that show so far they're so pleasant and palatable that i just again that one keeps a smile on my face tokyo 24th ward those three rgb extremely extremely likable also very different in in their own ways but, but yeah can we can we talk about character dynamics you want to talk Please about do. that topic that we had yes all right first so, before, uh, before you get into yours though i go think ahead, go ahead. i think mine's a little quicker i talked about and shout out to panda i was talking to her on, on twitter about this but i think the best character probably like to be honest one of probably four characters i like and it's showing its entirety and ranking of kings Queen Highland is literally the best character in the show. The best character. And I say bar none. I don't think anybody else comes close to her, personally. And the reason I say this is because what the writers did with her, they gave us the most with her than they did with any other character outside of Boji, obviously. What they did with her character, how they made her come in, how they made her seem, how they wrote her to then completely flip it on his head when they give us just a little bit more information about who she is just completely turned her character around for me and that that impact that she had on me as a as a person to know who she really is i felt was more impactful than anything else i've seen in the show so far i love the show in its entirety it's a great show but i think she's just the most important character in it like not the most important just the best i would say written character in the show 
So um, I do disagree with Polo um, f- for the one very specific reason. Uh, he said almost more than Boji. They definitely gave us more on her mm. than what we got for Boji. Uh, mm. She, her, everything is explained more, even the details that don't specifically hint at her, right? Because they talk about how the mirror asked the king to take another wife yep. so that different things could happen. We find out that's why she's there. And then when she gets there, everything she has to go through and everything she does, all the work and effort she puts in to be you know, Boji's mom. She knows she can't be Boji's mom, but she wants to be Boji's mom. She talks to the others as if one of these days, I'm going to be that boy's mom. I'm going to love him and I'm going to support him. And she has a son and she doesn't just say, son, you have to be a good brother. Son, you have to be a great king so that when your brother, you and your brother grow up, you take care of him and you give him the world. Oh, chills, bro. Fucking chills. So (laughs) I want to say, while Boji is my favorite character, in that anime, Queen Hyling is 100% the best character in that mm, anime. There is no other character written better than her because <laughs> <laughs> because of what how they built her, wow. how they built everything around her. Yeah. From what they've given us so far, and I can't say for the remaining, for the full 24 episodes, what right. might happen, if there might be a better character or if they might develop characters better than her. But as of right now, for the details, for the development, for the growth, or not even growth, because it's not like she's actually grown. She's just continued right she's just been yeah she's yeah just she, always been. she's just been for how the story is played out at least in my opinion and probably polo's opinion as well i'm, I'm going to speak for him a little bit on this queen hyling is definitely the best character that's a fact in that anime that's best written best developed yeah that's a fact i absolutely love her like she literally is the reason why i'm so invested and, and Bo, again, Boji's great. I love Boji and I love his story. I love everything that's going on. But she is so important to that. Even the, the parts where, where Panda disagree with me, she, she says she's holding a grudge against Hyling because she feels like the way she talked to him, talked down on him or something like that was, it impacted his confidence. And I get that. I understand it. But like I said, she's like, it's not an excuse for her to do that. I'm like, it's not. You're absolutely right. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. It's all everything she does has always had a reason behind it. And the reason being is because, yes, unfortunately, because of his disability, which, again, we may not agree with because of his disability, it would be way too hard for him to be a king. So she wants to protect her son is how she felt in that particular instance. I don't have kids, but looking and watching the show the way they written her, I completely 120,000% agree with what she was trying to do with making the move she made and how she kind of talked to him. And how they wrote Queen Highling. Absolutely. Uh, Boji is her first son. Facts. She's never, she never walked into that kingdom and didn't immediately try and accept Boji as her son. Facts. That's something that you gotta, that I, I, I don't say you, I don't, I'm not gonna say you gotta give her credit for because you don't really have to give her credit for anything, right? Right, right. But as someone who grew up in a household with a stepfather and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you don't have to accept that other person's kids as your own. You would only hope that you kind of look at them and say, right. I want to be a figure to this person. I want to be someone they can look up to. And Hyling did that from day one. Everything she could 
everything she could try to learn sign language everything like she went behind his back and said i don't want him to know even though he was giving her trouble every single day was not trying to give her attention was not trying to do anything for her queen highland was like i'm gonna watch him train i'm gonna try and do magic around him i'm gonna heal the little animals that get hurt everything like that i'm gonna do whatever he needs so he can trust me and then when he trusted her she did everything he could to make sure that trust wasn't just lost she fostered it and then yeah, she did some things that may have been like shady, but let's let's be real. And I'm not trying to say this is always acceptable, but sometimes parents do things that may seem a little shady because they, Absolutely. in their mind, this is in the best interest of their child. They don't know any other way to protect them. And and while Boji has found other ways to be a king and, and a protector and stuff like that, Queen Hyling was doing what she could. Yes. She was doing what she could. Do, does that mean that it was right? No. But she definitely I definitely think that her intentions have always been more honorable than dishonorable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I even said this like she she said, I I don't like the way she treated her her, him. And I'm like, well, if you don't like the way she treated him, you definitely wouldn't like my mom. (laughs) Like there's some stuff that my mom said that I would like I would still to this day would never probably say to my kids ever. But. But in actuality, and I'm not saying that she she did this because she knew how I was, because she probably had no idea. I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you, the type of guy that I was. But it was some stuff that she said to me that made me do the complete opposite because I just wanted to do my best to prove her wrong. And she didn't do that to intentionally do that at all. She just was angry or, you know, being a bad mother. And I completely understand it because the shit I did was where the shit I seemed like I was going to be or the person I seemed like I was going to be made it kind of seem like, you know, that's what it was. And she was just speaking her truth, which is perfectly fine. And I've always been okay with it because I've never been too overly sensitive or, you know, whatever. But I like I just appreciate her efforts and her her love, her her care, just everything she does, even for her, even for her subordinates. She may act tough, put on this tough act, but she doing it for like she even said in this most recent episode for the look. It is important to, to uphold a look. And but even without the look, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, well, you know, what's important for a look? being alive and you know what she did <laughs> instead of trying to be alive she went back and tried to heal him in the middle of a bunch of a group of demons trying to kill everybody and then when boji was like oh no these demon dogs are hurt what did she do she said she shook it off and was like fuck it yep i'm gonna, I'm gonna heal these demon dogs because that's because she's doing what boji wants she's she, everything is for appearance but sometimes even when those appearances matter to her she's doing what she think thinks matters the most to Boji. She's trying to appeal and not even just appeal because at this point, it's almost like I feel like she has a connection with Boji. She looked at Boji. Boji didn't say anything. She just, they was like, Boji, you look sad. And she just said, fuck it. He's sad. I know what he's sad about. Yep. And she just handled the problem yep. immediately. She took the that's, time to learn. That's a mother. I, absolutely, man. She's incredible. I thought, I, to be honest, I thought she was going to wholeheartedly disagree with any of that, to be honest. And I was going to be shocked. I was going to be shocked, truthfully. When you said when you said I had to disagree with Polo, uh, she she is the best. That's funny. She is. She truly is. She's she's literally the best. And there's no. I probably should have put our favorite. Well, she he's she's not your favorite character, but she's absolutely my favorite character. Um, it's again not even close to me personally. Like I, again, I like Boji fine. He's fine, but Highling is definitely the absolute best character to me. Right. And when I say Bodhi is my favorite, I think I, my Bodhi is my favorite for what he represents. Yes. But Queen Highling, 
there by by none by there's nothing in that anime so far that's written on the equivalent level as her not even close nothing. not even close i love it um all right and then the next character point we wanted to talk about is Mattel's favorite anime of uh 2021 platinum in um yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this anime, uh, as I said earlier on Twitter, it's like this anime actually gets worse as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, it has continuously <laughs> gotten got worse and worse for me. <laughs> it's gotten worse, and it, it has some peaks, right? It had not peaks. Let's not say peaks. No, no, that's no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's multiplicative. <laughs> we don't. We're not gonna say peaks. <laughs> it, it had it had a peak, but that peak was also a plateau there was no tip to it it just stopped <laughs> and it went right back down right straight um, down uh damn it was a peak in it, line graph terms <laughs> bro it was horrible um so while this anime did have higher moments right mm-hmm. um what really holds this anime back isn't even the concept of it right because the concept of this anime i think is amazing True. it is a it is a complete 360 to death note essentially right it yep. is it is it is the opposite it is a it's a great concept which is in, clearly intentional what but what holds it back is the characters yes and is all of these characters in in some way or other seem like complete contradictions and i'm not even sure if that's intentional why is it called platinum in because it's gonna end with some silver bullshit that look like platinum um <laughs> I, I still don't even i mean it's not that's not saying that anime has to revolve like reflect the name but you go from death note to platinum in we'll find out on, on episode 24 probably i doubt it and then they'll announce a season two because we got so many views because we actually sat through and watched this shit and talked about it every week. I just had to get that out. But here's my issue. And and I just kind of want to know what people think, but I'm going to give my, my concept on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I said, you know, Platinum Man is getting worse as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was common, it was someone said stop, right? Because they knew I was talking about Platinum Man. Um, and this is uh, Black Damzilla on Twitter. He's, he follows us. He's cool with us. So we obviously had this conversation with him. Of course. Um, he says, I'm watching it because I'm curious where it's going to end. Because it's only 24 episodes. The concept of a reverse Death Note murder game with suicidal people uh, trying to become God is interesting. But the last two have been the best to me. What? So the last two episodes have been the best to him. There's a lot of backstory. It's no. always... A- it's no. always in the most popular section of Crunchyroll, though. People are hate watching, at least. Yes, that is true. People are hate watching um, it. That's a fact. So, um, here's my thing with this. And it's not that, like, I'm watching it and I'm hating it at the same time because it's just not good. But here's my thing is that when you compare these characters, characters like Light Yagami and characters like Mirai. Hashi, whatever. I had to. I had to. First of all, let's just talk about this real quick. <laughs> During this conversation, I had to look up his name because I don't care about his name. No, no. I don't care about this character at all. No. I'll just call him Red. Um, yes, uh, that's what I call him. When you compare characters like Light, right, versus Red, here's here's the big comparison. And I, I was just having this conversation. They got Bane's. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> Basically, right? <laughs> but but here's the comparison. Here's here's what makes these characters so different. Uh, in the beginning of, of Death Note, we see Light Yagami come across a Death Note 
the first episode pretty enticing um we don't really know what it is but we, we we figure it out pretty quickly second episode he comes to the conclusion that he has to use his death note to to bring bring him behind a better world he immediately starts to act on it immediately starts to make a change immediately starts to evolve into a character who is doing something what he decides is Moral good yeah. but he's acted on it he's not He's not constantly monologuing about not acting on it. He's figured out a plan and he's strategized and done it, right? Yes. He's done it. Then they introduce uh, a counter theory. They introduce an antithesis to Light Yagami and something that is completely battling what he is, right? Do you have the right? The major question of the entire show. Do you have the right? <laughs> right. So this is what we're looking at in Death Note. All right. Platinum End. These characters all want to commit suicide. We got that. Our yeah. main character, that first episode was enticing. It so was great. Enticing. It was very good. I would have watched this. I would have watched this first episode. If if this anime was as compelling as this first episode, this definitely had great potential, right? Facts. The issue that we have with our main character, and this is just, and I, I, don't, I don't, I can't even say this is just a personal issue because I feel like this is just overall a character developmental issue. Can, Go I, ahead, can I say that there's, 14 15 episodes 15 episodes down we're still battling with conflict in a 24 episodes show that's that's where i'm gonna go with that point 15 <laughs> episodes in a 24 season show 24 episode season show we're still having internal conflict with moralities about mm-hmm. something that's pretty fucking obvious and and here's here's the morality issue right he is immediately conflicted with the idea that he doesn't want to ever kill anyone else. He was okay with killing himself. No, no. He, he don't want anybody to die. Not just him. Yeah. He don't want anybody to die. He was okay with killing himself. But he don't want anybody to die. I get it. That's fine. We don't roll with that. But my issue with, with this is, is that this character is so conflicted with letting other people die, yet he has no creativity when it comes to saving lives or, or even subduing the people who are causing death. He has no... No get up and go, no progress, no steps forward, no evolution. Who the fuck is Red? Who is Mireille? What is he doing? This character is doing absolutely nothing. He's a stagnated character who is not progressing the story. All he does every single episode, every single episode, since they've gotten to the first battle with with, uh, uh, Metro Boomin? With uh, Metro Boomin. As soon as they got into that first episode, issue with Metro Boom and start talking about how we got get rid of him, how they kill him. Every single episode, we got almost five to 10 minutes of him saying, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to. Okay, then what are you going to do? I want to remind you, Montel. I want to just remind everybody that listen to my check wife, wife, did y'all forget? Let's go back. I don't know. Episode two, when he decided to kill his aunt or his aunt decided to kill herself because he said something. Why don't why did they have why don't you die or some shit like that and she killed herself what what how do we go from that to him having one one dream about his mother one dream about his mother to this massively drastic completely coin flip change that still does not feel validated in any way because you only spent a maximum a full maximum of maybe three minutes of why he feels nobody needs to die. I, okay, it was five minutes. It, it literally was five minutes on why he feels like nobody needs to die now because of this dream remembrance of his mother. That right. 
is the most we've gotten from this character in 15 episodes in a show that's 24 episodes 15 bro that's like we got nine episodes to try to get all of that wrapped up not enough kid not enough at all and part of the issue with this is that even though they've switched up with where the trajectory of this might be going right now right um i still i'm i'm less interested now because way more or less our, our character all the way to the end has shown no actual resolve yes. and even even in giving uh his his ally uh the kind of like the 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 goal he wanted right he let his ally kill metro Boomin. um he's still he's not seeing that there's different progress they they keep trying to give us little things that he acknowledged that death was good and stuff like he he hasn't acknowledged anything nothing like he he's not changing no. anything. He he literally has watched people die in this battle, like several times. Like it's been like seven deaths right to his face <laughs> right. every single time. Probably awful, more than that. And he's also awfully broody, bro. Like our, your mother talked about happiness. Be fucking happy. All you've been doing for this whole entire time is brooding, 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 brooding. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like you don't need to be conflicted for fifteen fucking episodes to know that. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know where this is going, and I and I really don't care. Way they, more they than could, normal. They definitely could have just told us that this is this anime is about his inner conflict. And I would have just never watched it. Yeah, yeah, facts. I look met, after Metro two episodes ago when Metro Boomin said he did this for because he accidentally killed his little sister. Because he has a little sister complex, that fucking it, it sent me. Because the only, the only interesting part about the show was Metro Boomin and and what he was doing this for. And then when his quote unquote backstory came out, I'm like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. I don't, I don't want to watch anything to do with Metro Boomin again now because of that little that little piece. It's so fucking stupid. And now to come to find out that oh, he was shot with an arrow, the a red arrow the whole time to try to build some kind of interest in that i don't know i don't feel and, it. yeah and uh what's his name nanado mukaido who the fuck is that he he's the dude who killed oh, Metro Boomin. okay yeah, yeah. he he was the only one who had any kind of justification for me yes like yes. he legit he brought them weapons yes. he brought them halo armor and power like ranger costumes he, he came locked and loaded yeah. and ready to blow the entire fucking world up yeah, yeah. but everybody had no resolve no interest in moving forward mukaido yes. was like no i'm dying of cancer y'all can't make decisions and if i die before metro Boomin dies the world is toast and mukaido was the only person who progressed with any action i liked mukaido and now we don't have that no more we got six probably complete pacifists who if they gonna be pacifists i'm cool with that turn this into game no game no life or something like that give us some something interesting yes uh but there's no way I just don't see how this is gonna be good. Turn into a slice of life. <laughs> Please, it's just—it's not rocket, bro. It's not rocket. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That uh, Metro Boomin was interesting till two episodes ago until he talk about how much as he soon, loves, how much as, he loves. As, as soon as that happened, bro. As soon as it happened, straight up, Oofus. Um, oh my god. I just want to mention that um, 
This is the part of the podcast where we get to know my check waifu waifu. We're going to get to know us a little bit better. And then we're going to uh, go to break and talk about some spoilers of uh, Demon Slayer by You Goatable. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait, bro. Cinematography. I just can't believe how good that shit looks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. They, tell- do, they, do, they do 10 out of 10 work on accident. On accident. <laughs> it's still turning the road around the number generator. My turn to read the question associated with that number to get to know us a little bit better. Tell, what is the number? 31. What is your favorite game? Which I felt like we answered before, but. Polo's favorite game is Final Fantasy fourteen. That's a lie. <laughs> it's, it's Mirror's Edge, obviously. That's my favorite game, yes. Mirror's I actually Edge. just downloaded that to Mirror's Edge 1 and 2. Where? Um, it was on Game Pass. Oh, true, true, true. So I just downloaded it and said, fuck it, why not? Sorry. Why not have it? So Sorry I um, left your uh, copy of Mirror's Edge somewhere here. It's cool. I got it. I got it now. <laughs> I got it now. It don't matter. Uh, in 2008. <laughs> right. 2008, he, he took my game. Goodness gracious. <laughs> he let me bro, borrow it, man. I brought it to Texas with me and then and, and fucking lost it, left it. I, Basically, 14 years ago, Polo, <laughs> Polo came up on my game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, accident, bro. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. That game changed my life, man. Mirror's Edge is, is my favorite game. Only because of the time, the timing, and, and just the emotion. It, not the emotion, the escape it gave me during the time where it was the hardest for me. And that's it was it was also fresh. It was fresh as fuck, it was, bro. It was like, definitely fresh. It wasn't that great of a game, to be honest. But it was just it was like you tell said it was fresh. And like I said, it came around a time where I was in, it was two thousand eight. I was down in Texas at Fort Worth actually with my father. And then we learned that my mother had MS and we didn't know how to handle it. We didn't know what MS was until we all looked it up. Found out what it was, got extremely sad. But Mirror's Edge literally took my mind off of it and just like just helped me escape that negative feeling. Um, Before uh, I go on to talk about my favorite game, uh, I want to say two things. One, I love Polo's mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's great, by the uh, way. She's, she's doing fine. She's perfectly fine. The second thing is I have a very fond memory of someone with MS. Uh, my Uncle Fred, my aunt, um, Chris, my aunt, Conceda's husband, mm-hmm. he uh, taught me how to fold paper planes. And mm-hmm. he used to fold the best planes. They would fly like, no, no exaggeration, like 25 to 50 feet That's every time. Crazy. He, he knew how to do really good paper planes. That's actually skill. <laughs> and um, he had MS. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now he's in a wheelchair and he can't do anything by himself yeah. right now. And it's sad, but MS is serious. Yes. And just know, you know, when people got MS, show them that same love because, you know, they they struggling, man, and they need that love. And some of them, they making it through perfectly fine. Yeah, but blessed. they still don't stress those people. Don't yeah. stress those people. They, they need they just need happiness and some love mm-hmm. and a little bit of help moving forward. So, you know, yeah. um, my favorite games, um, obviously Kingdom Hearts and Pokemon. Uh, if I had to pick between the two, I'm probably going to say Pokemon. Because I've put in literally thousands of hours, and Polo's a hater, even though his favorite game is a Square Enix game. It's not. So Polo done put in fourteen hundred hours into Final Fantasy twenty three. That's a different before it even came out. That's a different game. Mm. This boy a hater, man. I don't like Kingdom Hearts. It's just, it's just. While we on our break. Y'all go out there and, t- and take a second to look at Polo's favorite game and let him hate uh, for free. <laughs> for free. Just know, just know we love Polo. That's uh, just, it just is what it is. Yeah, I love y'all Kingdom Hearts fans. Y'all, y'all funny. All right. Uh, yeah, when we come back, we're going to talk about some Demon Slayer. 
Um, actually, a lot to spoil. Tokyo twenty fourth Ward, uh, and not Platinum Ends because we just talked about that. So, oh, Love of Kill. That's a fact. Love of Kill. All right, we'll be right back after these.
again, welcome back to episode 136 of Mike Check Waifu Waifu. Make sure y'all follow us on Twitter at Mike Check Waifu, at Polo Born Fly, at King Taliano, and also follow us on TikTok. Was it at Mike Check Waifu Waifu? At Mike Check Waifu Waifu. Follow us on TikTok. Um, thank y'all so much for uh, supporting the podcast. We appreciate y'all. This is the part of the episode where we're going to spoiler talk. We're going to talk Demon Slayer, Love of Kill. And uh, I see. I always forget one. I rem- when I remember one, I always forget the next one. Fuck is it? Love of kill, Demon Slayer. Tokyo twenty four. Tokyo twenty four. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Let's do this, Demon Slayer, bro. You goatable. I don't understand how you can bring us movie quality week to fucking week. Do they just create a movie and then they just chop it up? They had to because the internet this shit pissed me the fuck <laughs> off. They had to, right? That that moment, yeah, that ended that ended moment though. Oh my god, they know how to do Hashira, bro. Oh my god, bro. They, these Hashira demons, bro. They're demons. They're so fucking good because. All right, let's not get there yet. Come on, let's not go. There okay, yet. all right. So first, let me start <laughs> let's off. Not, let's not do that yet. First, let me start off with the correction. Okay, I have to start off with the correction. That uh, shout out to Chaotic Culture, Ked the Pro from Chaotic Culture Podcast. He corrected. Our discussion on Demon Slayer last week. Let me see. I'm gonna go to the tweet. He's like, he said, listening to Mike check waifu, and just got uh, to make one correction. When Goku and Demon Slayer was killed by an upper three, Akaiza, his name was, um, not a lower three. The lower uh, Kizuki were all killed. Two of them were by Demon Slayers, and the other four were killed by Muzan himself because he deemed them too weak. That is all. So, clean correction. We appreciate that so very much because it's been literally, what, almost a fucking year since we've seen the movie before. <laughs> so, right, right. hard to remember. A lot to remember. And we definitely forgot about that part. He was an upper three, which makes Rengoku even stronger than what we initially thought because he was fighting an upper three and got his ass smoked, even though he did so much damage. So, putting that in pers- into perspective, this upper six, which is a little bit weaker than what Rengoku had to face, a lot bit weaker, by three ranks, obviously. It goes to show, and what they did in this episode really well was establish that Rengoku was more powerful than um, Uzi. Here's my thing, but did they really establish that, though? Yeah, because yeah, he, 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 he talked about how he's not strong enough, how he's not like Rengoku, basically. Well, he well that's not him. necessarily what I mean. That's not what I, what I mean is that this is an upper six, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to strength, Rengoku, he did damage to that upper three, but that upper three shrugged it off everything. Mm-hmm. Rengoku stood no chance at killing that upper three. And they, made, I feel like they made that like evident and obvious. Clear, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Azui looks like he could kill this upper six. He's probably gonna need some help, mm. but he could kill. I think Rengoku would be in the same position. As Azui, I think that what 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 this more or less showed was that they are two different two different sides of like the same concept, right? Mm-hmm. Like equal strength, they, different they, uh, different they, processes, maybe. But, yeah, but they both had to go through different kind of struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Like where Rengoku, his father was a Hashira, and he had to learn everything himself. Yes. Whereas Azui, he was a shinobi, and he had to learn, you know, how to adapt that lifestyle to where he is now. And these two characters, they they had to change their lifestyle and grow differently to kind of accommodate what their goals were. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't I don't necessarily think Rengoku was stronger. He might have been because Rengoku was a beast. Damn. He's a monster. Yeah. But I think I think that was the inspiration behind it is that Rengoku saw him as an equal, but mm. Azui might have thought that Rengoku was better because mm. of how Rengoku stood or how Rengoku was. Mm. Azui probably saw Rengoku as like an actual pillar of strength and like encouragement. And flashiness. And I, yeah, and flashiness. <laughs> but but Azui is is more or less he might be just trying to portray this flashiness as like a way of bolstering himself up. Mm, mm. I I just again we talked about this last week. I just wholeheartedly enjoy the way they continue from continue on from where they left off. It feels like they cut up a fucking movie. It feels like mm-hmm. this was the second movie and they chopped that shit up and they just it was a continuation on because there's no fucking recaps. There's no there's no filler of of any time slots. It's boom, boom, boom right into the next episode, right into the next episode, right into the next episode. Apparently, according to the episode title of next week, this is uh the end of the fight. So, I'm looking forward to it. But this episode starts off with uh, our boy. They're sizing each other up some more, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it almost immediately gets active. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, we we basically see uh, as we've sizing up with with the demon, um, the upper six demon, the the brother part of it. Yeah. It was and, wasn't it like a flashback or something first. I can't remember. Uh, with was, his his brothers, yes, it was his, his, his family because yeah. he had say he had nine siblings or mm-hmm. seven siblings mm-hmm. who and, died. And then when we come out of that flashback conversation, it goes to Azui actually showing some signs of wear, and we find out that the guy's blood, the upper six blood, is is poisoned, and he's been poisoned by it. Obviously, mm-hmm. Azui's probably going to die. <laughs> but, and and the demon tells Azui, you've been poisoned and you're not even flinching off it. Azui's talking shit. He's shit. like, he's like, first of all, I'm at my peak. I'm at my peak when this blood, when this poison running through my blood. What you mean? And he said, bro? I'm at the tippity top and I'm not even halfway up. <laughs> I'm about to go ahead and show you what this really do. Uh but what a demon, man. But what what made it even cooler, right? Was that like so? Tandro is busy putting Nezuko back in the box. You yes. know, he's he's kind of reminiscing about that, and he's having those thoughts like, you know, I got to get back and help. Um, I can still fight. I can still breathe. I can do this, right? Mm-hmm. He pulls up, and uh, Zenetsu and uh, he stands asleep. Inosuke pulled up. Yeah, Zenetsu knocked out. Right? He, I love this shit. Bubble on his nose. You know, <laughs> he is one of the best characters when he sleeps. That's a damn Yo, shame. And even his even his dialogue, mm-hmm. even his dialogue was better. Yeah. It, it, but like, so they pull up, and uh, the sister try try and come through, and sleep Zenetsu is like uh, thunderclapping, <laughs> flash, <laughs> six six fold, <laughs> sent her straight through the roof. <laughs> so <laughs> was like, hold up, man. actually, no, Azumi sends her straight through the roof, and then that's when. He kicked oh, her up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, kicked he, her up. I kicked her up, and Zenitsu was like, oh, follow up. <laughs> that shit was hard, bro. So live, man. So live. Ugh. So, Inosuke and Zenitsu are taking care of the sister, mm-hmm. while Tanjiro and Azui are taking care of the brother. Uh, we we quickly find out that the brother has the ability to look through the sister's head mm-hmm. so he can see everything all at once. Mm-hmm. So, he's an actual demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
God, it's so he hard. To, it's so hard to use our term against Davis. Actually, he literally Davis. got cheat codes, bro. <laughs> Facts. He, he's sitting there playing the game like left, right, left, right, L one, R one, left, down, right, up. I'm telling you, it's something about this. I, this story is unfolding to be something so incredible, and to be honest, I wasn't expecting it to be probably some of the best fighting I've, I've seen in Demon Slayer because it took a while for Demon Slayer uh, Demon Slayer proper season one to get to where it was like 18, 19 episodes to get as quality as this is but then you had the movie the movie was obviously a movie so it was like okay, great, the movie they threw down it should look great, it sounded fantastic but then you just get into episode five of this this arc and it is unfucking believable the way it looks and sounds and feels and just even with the 3d or the or, or the uh cgi with the uh the townspeople evacuating the town because that happens right after this basically the sister get kicked up the roof and shit and like seeing how clean it is bro there's no like what people said on twitter there's no excuse for any other studio to make bullshit and can we talk about disrespect real quick for sure it's disrespectful as fuck <laughs> that this anime looks just fucking good. Straight up, the, the whole fight. Like you remember the scene when Azui's got his two swords and he's spinning them like nunchucks. Yes, and all, you you see the blurs, but the blurs it look like if you pause it, they, they don't look out of place at all. No frame, I, and I swear they have to do it this way. No frame is a bad frame. Unbelievable, unbelievable. When, when Tanjiro comes in and he's fighting. When he's fucking ducking and dodging the the sister's uh her belt, how the fuck does it still look this good? How can you do that? I don't understand it. They didn't use a frame. I'm confused, man. I just need to know what they're doing. And and on top of that, for it to sound as good as it does, yes. For it to flow like they Transition. are experts. They are experts at at pacing. They're experts, like, and I mean pacing for battles because, like, story wise, they don't really choose the pacing for the yeah, story the entirely, choice. right? But for the flow of battle, ugh, What's, amazing pacing. How crazy is it to say this? It may sound crazy to say this when you when you think about it out loud. Because I'm thinking about me saying it in my head right now. I'm like, oh, this is about to sound crazy as fuck, but I don't care. How do they make Mappa look like just regular, regular ass studio? Like they make Mappa look basic as fuck. Hey, you know why though? You know why? Is you foldable? Is you foldable, bro? Mappa is great, but they're just like I'm just thinking about what Mappa does or did in JJK, which is probably some of their best work. Um, yeah, it stands. It doesn't stand up. It to doesn't this. stand a chance against any of it. I don't get it, bro. I, it's crazy. I don't know. I need to know what they're doing. How many people work there? Who work there? I need to research. And that might be a video for a different time. But we, we need to we need to learn. We need to learn something from this because it's insane. I, I just I'm here to talk about his wives. Because during that whole conflict between Tanjiro and Uzui fighting this upper six, his wife, his is what looks to be the oldest wife pulls up with the kunai. She's beautiful, man. She's just so beautiful. She pulls up with the kunai. She sh- shoots it down. Obviously, she knew he was going to dodge every last one of them, but he couldn't dodge all of them. And our boy, Uzui, makes his move. He dives in on the upper six. We learn that the kunai was obviously laced with the shit that their swords are. Yep. Their, their swords are made out of so that he can't regenerate as fast because it was in his neck. 
then we find out that they got to make that move. And the move they try to make is cutting his head off. And it pisses me off because uh, that's where it ended. Yep. You know, they they couldn't just let us see it. But that all right, let's let's that 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 final closing scene with Azui and Rengoku. Ooh. First of all, Chills Rengoku me. Rengoku lasted literally one movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was not in this series long at all. Mm-hmm. He had he, he but he made an impact. Facts. He had such a fucking impact. And <sighs> I, I hate to say it, but it looks like Oswald is about to be the same. Yep, I'm feeling that way too. The the thing is, is that these characters, like, even if they know how to make an impact, they are written so well to where like they almost feel like they affect you in real life, bro. Um, and do you remember the impact that they gave when they first showed up? Because I don't. It really wasn't one, to be honest. But I think that was intentional. They, yeah, they but because the moments that they're having right now are in the heat of like ab- adversity. This Ooh. is what it's supposed to be. Tell this is what this is where they they shine, right? Tell them. And they're treating uh, Inosuke, Zenetsu, and Tanjiro not only as like civilians, but as like pupils. And you know, this these are the people who are helping them. The the difference being though. Uh, R three Tandros and Etsu and Osuke could not help Rengoku, right, at all. But they are present this time. Mm-hmm. They have ability. They ha- it's been six months. They've been grinding and training. Yes, uh, to get up, get their skill up. Growth. Oh. Um, we we know that they can actually do something now. And and whether it be like they can't do too much, we know that they can right. do something now. Right. Um, and I love it. I love that they can do that. And. I love that these Hashira have relationships that even though they're fleeting for us, that they seem like they were built upon in the story, right? Mm-hmm. So these fleeting moments for us feel like these characters may have had years together to understand and learn about each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about the way they, what, the way Inosuke, Tan, Tanjiro, and, and, and Zanetsu are moving together. These Hashira had to have that kind of relationship. And the fact that we can feel that from very limited amount of information that we did receive it's just a testament to show how well these characters are written and developed and cared for. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. I just can't wait to see the others. I want to like seeing the way he moved and the way when Goku moved, it's going to be unbelievable to see the rest on fucking believable to see what mm-hmm. the others can do because these, these, these fools are demons. They're demons. They're right. insane. Demons slaying demons. Facts. <laughs> I loved it. Absolutely. Great episode. Again, Easily episode of the week, objectively. Um, now we got to move on to the next show. We spent so so much time on that. That's a fact. Uh, let's talk about love of kill and our uh, other demon. Great anime in general so far. That's a fact. That's a fact. This fucking is, great. This is my sleeper for these uh, winter season, and I must say it's really good. It's again another fire fucking show. This episode didn't really go too many places, which I appreciate it because it's a it's a stark contrast, the opposite contrast of what we had last episode, where it went a lot of places, a lot of different places. This episode takes place when her retrieving that bounty that that was also presently wrapped for her, and we um but before that we even found out that 
our guy, uh, our guy has a, has a secret admirer apparently, who's found out that he's interested in a woman and takes it upon himself, who seems to be one of his uh, old assassin buddies apparently, um, to make a move, to to move it and groove it at his girl or his you know wannabe girl, whatever you want to call her. I don't know what's the correct term for the situation. His love interest. His hilarious his love interest. Thank you. His love interest, and it don't go so well for her. She go pick up her present. He pulls up on on the um, RX five ninety motorcycle and shit. Try to run, her, try to shoot her out off the off the road. Uh, it don't work because she's actually really smart, a bounty hunter, which we already knew from episode one of this show. And it leads to all kinds of hell because a truck is coming through while her while she can't steer the car because he shot the tires out. Blah blah blah. She fucking falls off the cliff, kills. The girl in the back seat, which was so sad. Like this poor girl. This poor mm-hmm. girl's been through enough to just fucking die in the back seat of a car half naked. That's fucked up. Crushed. <laughs> Crushed. But she gets basically chased and antagonized by this antagonist that we've come across that it seems to be very, very, very uh antagonistic against our our assassin main character guy. Very interested to see where the story goes. It wasn't much in this episode, but there was a lot in this episode. Does that make sense at all? And we did, well, one of the things we found out, and I guess we, we, we could have already known this, is that obviously, um, what's his name, Ryangha, uh, or, or Ryusan, he can clearly track old girl. He knows where, how to find her. Um, he got, got those kind of connections. And when he pulls up, he's trying to remember who this guy is right mm-hmm. who this person is with this tattoo on his face that that pulled up on the girl that he has interest in um and in general that's just like it it, it leads us to an idea that pretty soon we're going to get some backstory on him yeah like not not that other character but our main character right. we're going to get backstory on him and who he He's was past. tied to yeah. and it gives me almost like the concept that this is like his revenge arc, like where mm-hmm. he may have been scorned in the mafia or gang previously, like Yakuza or something, and decided, okay, well, I'm gonna fight back now. Right. Yeah, and, and it it goes to what you talked about last week, um, on one thirty five, where you're just saying like it seems like he's not as evil as as the world makes him out to be, and you, I, I feel like that is correct. I feel like he is actually the victim in this situation who can actually handle himself he's the um the equalizer if you will in this particular Mm -hmm. situation so he's mad um he's probably going to do some damage to next to old boy next episode or you know it it may be a challenge or something like that uh i do gotta say there's one thing about this show that makes me extremely uncomfortable what's that the what's that just guess because you i think you're just about to say it is it the uh the fact that the the girl ain't completely like taking on to his uh nah, his approaches. What is close. it? That, she's that's the best part of the show. To be honest, it's Jim. Who? Jim. He bugs me, and it's probably because he doesn't have a mouth. Oh, okay. I never <laughs> I never thought something so important like a mouth not being drawn on the character will, will impact me so much, but it makes me quiver. I feel you. It just, it just, it just, it feels just off and wrong and nasty. I don't like it. But <laughs> besides, besides the point, 
I I do love I absolutely love uh, our our main character. She's great. Even though she's what she did she even talk in this episode? <laughs> she said like three three words. Very few words. And yeah. that, I do like that that she's I a woman that. of a few words. But I love that too. It, she she did ask like last episode, uh, what did he want? What is he getting out of this? Yes. You know. Her her words questions. are are meaningful. They're yes. important. Yes, I love that. I absolutely love that about her. Cause, uh, I do hope at some point she actually likes him back though. Oh, it really? You know it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I'm just I just love the way she's moving and grooving. Like, yo, back up. It all makes sense. Right. It all makes sense the way she's moving. I'm very interested to see where this goes though. Um, and finally, last and certainly not least. Hello's episode of the week, Tokyo 24th, where I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. You were absolutely right. Um This This is a, another really good episode. And like we talked about a little bit earlier, I really appreciate the things they did, like misdirection. Yes. Because that that initial first episode, right? They gave us a taste of what to expect in that grand, you know, longer episode. Mm-hmm. Then they gave us an episode where we kind of get these characters who we realized don't really work together well. That first episode, they worked together extremely well. They hadn't been around each other for, for a while, a year, yep. but they worked together extremely well. The second episode, they didn't want to necessarily work together because they had this this fallout. Um, and they kind of go their own ways, but still come together because they get things done together. This third episode, and I kind of saw this, yeah, I kind of saw this coming um, and not, not in terms of like, I saw how this was going to play out, mm-hmm. like, what was happening in it. I didn't see that happening. Mm. Um, but what I did see happening is that although they work well together, that they have to understand that they have to make compromises together. Or they have to move as a unit in order to get things done properly. Yeah. yeah I, slight disagreement there. Uh, they don't work well together because they didn't work together at all. Everybody did their own thing, which and, then and that, caused. That's what I mean for this episode, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, because okay. The, the first episode, they worked extremely well together. They that's did right. everything and they didn't even communicate what, what they were doing. They just did it. Oh, they, they, said, yeah, hey, they definitely communicated because they took your like, piece and everything. Yeah, what I mean <laughs> is like they said, hey, this is what's going to happen. I'm sending information. I'm moving this unit here. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened. Red dude was like, hey, I'm sending this here, blah, blah, blah. Do this. Boom. Mm-hmm. They, they, didn't, they didn't stay. They didn't make a plan and say, let's do this, right? right. And this is the same concept, but the the concept I think in this episode that really hit home was like, that's not going to always be the scenario. Some moments are going to be too big for that to be the thing. Right. And some things are going to be like, uh, cause they talked about this in the episode and it might've been like more of a theme of the episode was ego. The, yeah. the dad who we lost in this episode was mm-hmm. talking about ego. These three characters, although they, they have that same, like I said, again, common interest, they have egos amongst themselves that won't allow them to work together properly. Yes. And they, not, they're not all looking to overcome it all the time. Yeah. I think that's a significant loss, significant loss that happened in this episode is what's going is, is the, uh, what great power comes great responsibility situation for our characters here. I think that was, that was the moment for them to be like, okay, or, or it's going to be the moment for them to be like, okay, we got to get our shit together because we just lost the teacher because we decided to, again, like you said, have our egos clash each do our own thing to then come up with this fucking problem that we probably could have solved way better they probably could have did what they did in that first situation this time too as well saved everybody 
but they couldn't because their egos got in the way of each other, which ruined that entire moment. What is also very, very, very enticing about this episode was that we got an antagonist. We actually have an antagonist, which I thought it wasn't even going to be one, which is yeah. interesting enough. Um, would you have preferred it not to be one? I don't know yet. And I'm only saying that because I don't know how this antagonist thing is going to play out. Same. Because here's the thing is that like I'm on the side of blue, not blue, of red and green where Asami is is dead. Right. Sure. I don't think I don't think she's actually there, but I do think that someone is utilizing her her accent and voice to, you know, do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on that side. Uh, so I kind of felt like there had to be an antagonist, but would I like for there not to be an antagonist? Um, I feel like without an antagonist for this kind of series, we lose the grand scope of it. Mm. Like we, like it would be hard for this series to progress. Um, 12 episodes, 12 episodes about that, because at this point already, if another random event happened, we're trying to figure out why these, why these events keep happening. There has to be some kind of antagonist for that, for that to be a thing. Why, why are these events happening? Well, you say events, right? It, the first one wasn't an event. It was a situation. It literally was, she, she ran to the tracks, got stuck. And the track was, the, the, the train was on a situation to where they rushed it and they couldn't stop. They, They wouldn't be able to stop it in time. It wasn't like it was something major, that you know that some other guy made happen which then well, lead me to think that this show didn't need an antagonist i don't i don't well, think and and what i mean by that is and i also don't feel the same way you do about asami yeah she's she's gone she's dead that part i do believe but what i believe is that her father is doing something with with ai and decided that in his own spare time that he put an ai situation part of that whole uh what is it sag um prediction yes sarge prediction fucking uh crime bot thing and it and it and it sprouted to become something of its own it grew to be sentient with her personality and her her you know her feelings and everything like that and she knows that she can communicate with who she considered to be her heroes so that i feel like was is that situation as far as your antagonist goes, I don't know. I don't know. I got a couple points here, real quick. What's up? Uh, one uh, for episode one, when the dog heads to the tracks, they show that the dogs are attracted by something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like just the dog just said, "Hey, let's just run to the tracks." The mm. dog was drawn to the tracks by something that, and that's where I got the okay. idea that antagonist is going to eventually come, regardless, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's why the the idea of antagonist was already present in my mm-hmm. mind, and I figured it was going to be a thing because that's just how the prog- progress of this is going to go. It, it wouldn't make much sense to me without an antagonist. Um, I can see how this could go without an antagonist. I just don't think it'll it would stay good without one. I see. Um, that I agree. Now, with. what what you're saying about the dad though? Nah, that's just on point. That's that's, <laughs> I that's some like shit. Going and, and and to be fair, it, it would probably make more sense. And I would be very surprised if you didn't already read the manga at this point because you just said some shit that sound like straight <laughs> manga spoilers. Uh, <laughs> no, never. Did. Because because if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's 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 look at this. The dad obviously running shit. We've mm-hmm. seen him in glancing moments. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. The only question we have at that point after what you said is, 
where why are they getting power through the phone why are they getting strengthened and stuff like that why are they it's because it's, it's a part of that network right then the network has the capability of literally delivering warnings to people's phones of upcoming catastrophic events apparently that they couldn't predict this time so i mean it's i think that's that's kind of easy to explain um but I, I just feel like it is this is a Terminator kind of situation, a Skynet, if you will, kind of situation with with who she is and who and her. And she's just trying to get she just trying to get her help her heroes. Right. Like she always felt like this was there. They were the heroes of this 24th war. So I don't know. I I, I want to know who this fucking antagonist is. Maybe. Hear me out. Hear me out. It may sound crazy again. You may think I've read go. anything, but I had not read nothing, not a another thing. I think the antagonist is also the dad. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I think the dad is trying to help develop this AI mm-hmm. or Asumi, if you will, because her name is Asumi AI. Whoa. Uh, so, like, I, I think. <laughs> Hold up. Let's do some math here. Let's do some yeah, math here. Throw some triangles in there. I think. I think that he is literally trying to have to develop this into something greater um using Asumi the AI to help them become something more so he can create some super soldiers or some shit I don't know because they get All these right. powers too by the way alright listen to this stretch real quick <laughs> I, we ain't stretched far enough I thought All I was right. stretching <laughs> Tokyo 24th war right the dad is, is making AI Asumi her name is A-S-U-M-I. Mm-hmm. A in the beginning, I at the middle. Some is a plus. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Sum it That's up. What, some is, is a amount of a whole. Oh, so assume a- A-I. A plus I. Stop. We are, hey, Polo, oh, this, Polo just hit it on the head. A plus I. Oh, shit. Should I name this episode A plus I? That might be it, bro. That might, that be, might it. be it. We got some good character conversations. So I gotta, I gotta do something to all around on that. Fuck, <laughs> yo, A plus I, bro. That's crazy. What kind of if shit? Y'all, if y'all listen to this far, just know that uh, Polo is not a cult leader, and he don't be coming up with random bullshit. But he is a strategist. He be playing checkers. when people playing checkers. Man, listen, like this, this is just where my mind's go when I'm watching anime. Like, I, I sometimes there's shows where I don't need to think too deeply but there's also shows that invoke so much thought and that's what make him so good for me personally man like I, between the highling thing and 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 even the platinum man conversation we just had i feel like i feel like anime is just in a great spot right now to have sure. such stark uh you know differences even a uh, attack on trash um we are finished with this episode too all right, so we just finished talking about Tokyo 24th War and the A some I AI, you know, theory. Let's see if Polo's theory is landing true. Um, also, we watched Love of Kill. Let us know if you're joining in with it. Might stay into our spoiler talk, so let us know what you think. Demon Slayer, episode of the week, obviously, objectively, is just too good. Yes, Movie quality every single week and great story. Wow, it's just too much. Uh, get to know Mike Check Waifu Waifu. What's your favorite game? Polo's favorite game being. Uh, Mirror's Edge and then my favorite game being Pokemon slash you know Kingdom Hearts but Pokemon really uh, let us know what your favorite game is uh, we also had a character talk talking about Queen Hyling and how she is the best written character in Ranking of Kings as well as Platinum End and how red doesn't equal up to light he's just not a good not character close. 
at all. And my dress up, darling. Come on, man. Number one surprise. <sighs> it's it's really good. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, episodes of the week for me, my dress up, darling, and Tokyo twenty fourth war for Polo. And that's been episode one thirty six. I'm Mike Check Waifu Waifu. I'm at Polo. Born fly on all social media. I'm at King Teliano on all social media. You can follow our social medias at Mike Check Waifu on Twitter and at Mike Check Waifu Waifu on TikTok. And as always, Mike, Mike Check. My brother said Mike Check Waifu Waifu on TikTok, though. We on TikTok now? Let's get <laughs> some videos uploaded. Yes, sir. You're now tuned into Mike Check Waifu Waifu.